a content warning up top. In this episode, we talk about suicide, elder abuse, mental health issues of different kinds, and medically assisted suicide. If any of those things are stuff that you are just not able to hear right now, you can skip this episode. If you or anyone that you love is having thoughts of suicide, call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, and you can 24 hours get support there. Okay, on with the show. Late Faces Night of the Wolf, written by Average Joe's Drive-In. A normally quiet retirement community is plagued by mysterious animal attacks. When a blind grizzled war veteran Ambrose McKinley, Nick Damacy, moves in, he discovers something sinister is behind them. When everyone dismisses what's going on, and won't help, Ambrose uses his military training and sets out to stop the beast before it's too late. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. Or maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping into different places. A spectacular, macular to Citizen White Cane, where blind characters are defenseless to thoughtful critique of ableism and media. My name is Sky McLeod. I'm Melissa Bakta. And we are talking about Late Phases, a.k.a. Night of the Wolf, a.k.a. Night of the Lone Wolf. <laughs> this movie has too many titles. <laughs> um, but we found it, so that that, that, was, yes. that was that's the important thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. It's from 2014. It is my, it is the first um, film in, in English language filmed in the U.S. film of the director who is um, had before had only done films in Mexico. Oh, very cool. The director's name is Adrian Garcia Pagliano. I mean, for a first for his first English language film, I thought this was uh, really fun, actually, and I I liked it because of uh, it. It is kind of a non conventional horror movie in a way. Yeah, it's a werewolf story. Mm -hmm. But the, you notice that the word werewolf isn't said at all, not once in the entire movie. I'm not even sure if wolf is said in the entire movie. Yeah, it's pretty... Well, because they say animal a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Right. Which is like the ideas that the kind of people in denial of what's actually happening keep saying that it's like they live near the woods so that there must have been an animal attack mm -hmm. um which yeah they don't even specify what animal they think it is which like i don't know when i went i went to school at uc santa cruz and and the danger of uc santa cruz the campus is mountain lions would sometimes come into oh, campus god that's terrible <laughs> yeah. i mean because moose moose are very scary which is what we had we had moose and very, 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 things. very occasionally a bear and even more rare a wolf. But we oh never we never had a wolf or a bear. Well, I was there, but moose we had all the time. But mountain lions are mountain terrifying. Lions. They will actively try and kill you. Oh, yeah. Mount well, that was the thing is like occasionally people would, students would actually die of mountain lion attacks. Which Jesus. is, is oh kind God. of funny, though, that you get to college and they're like the most dangerous thing here is mountain lions. Oh, um, my God. But, um, 
Yeah, that, um, but, like, when you talk about, like, people getting hurt or killed by, like, by an animal, you wouldn't just say an animal, you would say a mountain lion, like, you wouldn't specify the animal. They wouldn't, I mean, they didn't know what the animal was. Right. All they they knew is that it was an animal. Which, like, is that believable? I don't know. That they wouldn't know the animal. I feel like they'd probably have a guess of what kind of animal would do it. Maybe. I mean, because, um... Ambrose finds scratches in his wall when he moves in and a tooth. Right, because this all takes place in a retirement mm-hmm. um, community. It's not like a build at uh, one building. It's kind of like a du- not duplex. It's, it's a subdivision. It's yeah, a, ga- it's a it's sub- gated community. Right, it's yeah. a gated community, but it is entirely for um, retirees. And mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, it's kind of separate and the movie in a lot of ways is a metaphor for like how we just kind of um leave people after they get to a certain age um just kind of hide them away right we kind of sort of leave them to die yeah in this little in this little place well not just in community in communities like this but in nursing homes and hospitals and yeah Yeah, it is weird because this movie was made in 2014 but it is like you watch it and it is very hard not to like project on what's going on right now (laughs) onto this movie because a lot of it is about like how much we value that you know if people if something is only killing people of a certain age how much do does the broader society care about that and how much like it is very very topical something we're talking about all the time right now um that like yeah, it is. It was very weird to me. I don't know. I thought about that throughout the whole movie because I feel like that's something that I've had so many conversations about in the last like six months. It's just like, like, yeah, how much we value older people's lives and if they're getting attacked by some sort of contagion that how much does it really matter to the rest of people? But yeah, I don't know. Did did that was that kind of something that you yeah i mean the the whole you know quarantine aspect of of them in their little in this little community where everything is pretty much provided for them there's buses to take them places that well we we only see them going to church but i'm assuming there's buses to take them you know to the groceries or to the doctors or something so that all of that is taken care of and you're just kind of stuck in this little bubble and then something has yeah invaded your little bubble and no you know and you have to deal with it and no one believes uh ambrose at you know at first so he's he's the odd person out so i mean not and not everybody trusts him really because he's a new neighbor but he's also very strange you know he's an ex he's ex-military he's a veteran and he's blind and he wants to do everything for himself and he freaks people out because he has guns and he's bound and determined he uses a cane but it's a shovel yeah he. (laughs) Um, and so people are really really wary of him and i you know i get that they even ask him to try and get the the church is like we can get you a cane and he's like no (laughs) shovel isn't fine (laughs) okay but have you ever played the game werewolf yeah, it did make me think that at the very beginning, and then they were all like, <laughs> then it just started thinking about coronavirus, like, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. soon into the movie. Um, but yes, I have played Werewolf. Um, it kind of sort of felt like that to me, a little bit of a, a live action version of that game. It's true. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, which like, it is kind of, I don't know, that game always is like I find kind of tedious to play and mm-hmm. so watching a movie where I don't even have any power to do anything it's just that that game I think 
I would not be able to handle just because I don't know. It's always, uh, yeah. But um, but it did make me think of that because he is, um, you know, as we said, he's the blind veteran, um, like kind of he's cantankerous and and like doesn't want to get along with the people there. Right. I mean, he's not a he's yes, he's cantankerous, but he's not a complete asshole. I mean, he's he's nice to his neighbor, Dolores. Yeah. You know, he's he 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 tolerates the um welcoming committee, but honestly, I would have the same reaction too. Well, yeah, cuz there's like <laughs> we have like these waspy characters mm-hmm. that are kind of like, you know, oh, our safe environment, which is like the irony is that they're so focused on this like cantankerous blind guy being a threat that they're and they're completely ignoring the fact that they live in a place where werewolves kill everyone once right i mean he's they call the police on him a couple of times and he goes over to to one of their one of their houses um i know they have names i just think of them as a unit but one of their houses and her, her husband is in an iron lung Right, and, and then, yeah, she's, like, worried that he is going, or she sees, she walks in on him, like, just feeling around because he's blind, you know, so it's a new environment, so he has to feel around, and she's like, oh, you're trying to unplug the machine. Um, right, well, she doesn't accuse him of that at, at first, but then when, when shit starts to go down, immediately, she's the first one who's like, he tried to kill my husband. Right, right, which is like, I mean, it is kind of like an ableist uh um, not it's not a metaphor it's just someone being ableist but like you know kind of a real world example of well, ableism yeah it's it's mob mentality it's there's something going something going on and she's just trying to find someone to blame she's trying to point the finger somewhere right and it's him and it, that like disabled people that happens to a lot and that like it's like not giving someone the benefit of the doubt because they have to interact with the world differently and so because you don't have the capacity to extend your empathy to just a different human being if they are different from you in a certain way and i feel like ableism this comes up so much because ableism is like you know comes from people needing to interact with like disabled people need to interact with the world in a different way and um i feel like i have definitely experienced a lot of times where that is where the ableism is coming from is someone who is like upset with um with me doing something differently basically um but in this case it's like instead of thinking like oh this person can't see they're feeling around they've never been in this room before they don't know where things are it's important for me to communicate to them that there's a machine that i don't want them because she doesn't tell him that like he just wanders it which granted he did wander into a room yeah he's kind of sort of being a snoop yeah okay buddy (laughs) which is this you've you've never been to her house before right right that and that's fair i probably wouldn't do that but like um but it is kind of assuming the the worst in a situation where i mean even if you are like it could you could really just get gotten lost i don't does he say i think it's that she goes into the other room so he technically could have just stayed put yeah like he's trying to find a bathroom or uh, something she goes to get him a drink right and he he, yes he could have stayed there but he just decides to go go exploring um right i mean his his suspicions are already like he's already frazzled because the first night the very first night that he moves in is the full moon yeah is the is the full moon and i think this is one of the the few this i think this is a major mistake that the movie made (laughs) well yeah okay as far as being a horror movie uh, i think the movie plays its cards way too early 
Yeah. You we see like full glimpses of the monster and there's just nothing. Like obviously we know it's a werewolf movie. We cuz of the title and we know. We know it's a, so I'm not trying to guess as to what the monster is. He's already found scratches on the wall. He found a tooth. They live yeah. near the woods. The killings happen on the full moon. Like it's it's obvious. It's, it's very it's very werewolf. obvious. But I wasn't ready to see the werewolf yet. Right, cuz we do see the we, I mean, I think, okay, so the begin, yeah, the beginning scene, it's like about 10 minutes into the movie, uh, which is the first full moon, is like pretty actively, yeah, like we're seeing a bunch of destruction and, and scary situations where people die. And then the climax is the same thing. I guess it's technically longer probably yeah it's a little more the circumstances happens. are a little different but right. we, we see dolores get chomped on by this creature by the by the werewolf i it's interesting i don't know i feel like for me i don't know why but i was like i appreciated that that was early on in the movie because i was just like I don't like watching a movie for an hour and 10 minutes and being stressed out because I know that it hasn't gotten scary (laughs) yet. Like, I would much prefer to get a sense of, like, what the limits, you know, because I think that also makes it feel more cyclical, which is technically Mm -hmm. what it's going for in the plot is that, like, this happens once a month, every month. And so I think that it's in that, it's kind of a lot of it takes place in the eye of the storm, which, like... I don't know. I just, for me, I think like getting a sense at the beginning meant that I could actually pay attention to the characters because I feel like if they hadn't done that at the beginning and I was just waiting for things to go wrong, I would not be <laughs> as attentive to what's happening. But that's, I think that's just my like the my the, the first yeah the first attack I have no problem with. I, I really don't have a, a huge problem with how the movie is structured, except for the fact that you first you only see bits and pieces of the, of the werewolf and then you see pretty much the whole thing not the camera doesn't hold on him for very long so you can't yeah I you can't still really have barely seen the werewolf yeah i mean i never really saw the werewolf the shots were never such that i could actually right, see it right i just think that we shouldn't have seen anything uh, or or if we did it should have been more shadow and more kept uh kept in darkness uh, i just the werewolves are kind mm. of menacing by their presence. Oh, sure. Which is Absolutely. part of the reason why we have less werewolf stories, because it's not like we have low budget horror films where they do exactly what you're describing. Mm-hmm. And that's how well, they could be low budget. And that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was I, I don't didn't know the budget of this film. It but it feels you know, it's, it doesn't feel like um, it doesn't feel like a big studio film. You know, it just it's a no. small, small studio who made it. So I was thinking very practically and why you know if you only have this amount of budget for costumes and special effects and everything why would you try and pull your punches now and not wait until the the ending because honestly now that i've seen the outline and bits and pieces of the monster when we get the big climax it's still gross and scary and and interesting but i'm definitely i think i would have gotten more out of it if i would have been kept in the dark just like ambrose well, Ambrose definitely, I mean, he's in the presence of one, but I think 
maybe it is also because I can't, I couldn't see them ever. So I'm also like in a monster movie, even when they show the monster, I can barely see it most of the time. <laughs> like, because a lot of times the shots are such that you're well, only seeing bits and pieces of it. I was not a fan of the the werewolf's design. Well, werewolves, has there ever been like a truly good werewolf design? I mean, because there always have to be a little bit like a very like a silly person is in a big costume right. like you just right. can't really make it that scary <laughs> i mean and and when you're watching a werewolf movie you're you're the one thing you're looking for is the big transformation scene right which i thought they handled pretty well i mean i was really shocked because it felt like it was way outside their budget and i was yeah like, did I, the whole budget go to this i i'm sure it did yeah. i it ha- it would have had to i'm i'm very surprised and it because it's not it's not super gory or anything but i mean his like parts of his skin split open to reveal fur and then his chest is doing all this stuff and then his teeth and then of course at the very and he just like rips off his face and there's this yeah. ugly wolf face and I'm like okay that was cool that that was actually kind of cool it looked right. stupid but it was really cool I mean it was <laughs> like it's very like um it felt sort of like inhuman it like the creepiness of just like you know we're very like programmed to expect certain like um it's like why the uncanny valley is the way it is is because um humans are like our brains are so programmed to like notice anything off about like a person like something that's you know trying to be human and so sometimes when you have like i feel like that that scene with the transformation it's just like it feels like they should like it, you just see that it's like human like like it's enough that it's you know because it's someone transforming but it's enough enough human features that are like acting in a creepy like it makes it really creepy i guess my my biggest problem was the after the transformation is done and you actually see the werewolves running around on camera and running around my biggest problem was the fur suits that they were wearing just looked too bulky and it just it I, did, I just wasn't a fan of their silhouette. They, they looked a little bit like haunted house performers. Yeah. Well, but because this is the problem is like, unless you're going to have it be like wolves and, and have the problem with that, like Lion King had where it's just way too <laughs> like realistic animals, like werewolves are not, you can't make them that cool like there's not right. really a good answer to i this. mean and i'm and i am not looking for a hot werewolf like that's i'm not here for that you make them ugly that's you're not fine jacob <laughs> no also they we're not werewolves they were shapeshifters there's a difference wait they weren't werewolves no they were not werewolves I thought they shapeshift into wolves they do they do but that's not a werewolf a werewolf is a half man half wolf hybrid or half human, I should say, because a woman could be a werewolf too. That when they're in their werewolf form, you mean? It's so so different. So a shapeshifter can change. Also, a shapeshifter can oh, change at will. Into actual wolves. Yes, they're actual Jacob. like big old giant wolves. Yeah. Okay, so werewolf is like a wolf humanoid yes. creature. Yes, and it's the change is dictated by the full moon. A shapeshifter can snap their fingers it depends on okay. what rules you set up for your universe but a shapeshifter can snap their fingers and turn into a wolf an okay. animal you've convinced me I'm yes <laughs> but these are these are these are werewolves, classic werewolves. Yeah, yeah 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 full moon everything yeah right it's so much so that uh uh ambrose gets a shit ton of silver bullets yeah it's like it is yeah hits all the marks yeah i mean and they're definitely not wolves 
um, like the costumes. But again, like I just no, think that yeah. if you, you just can't like, do you, can you picture in your head what would truly be menacing that is the idea of a werewolf? Like I just never I mean, can. I'm picturing like for some weird reason, my guy is, my werewolf is wearing like jeans that have been torn up or whatever. And then, but he's got, you know, the wolf feet structured structured like the hind legs of a wolf so he doesn't walk like a human he walks that's gonna be like cartoonish as well well yeah yeah you know i mean it's a difficult can you think of any (laughs) examples of movies with good werewolf well i'm trying and and i didn't but i didn't really like lupin's design in the harry potter movies either because i thought that one was too alien and skeletal Right, this is the problem. It's like you can't. I, <laughs> yeah. I truly believe that there's um, no winning. I guess. I guess Teen Wolf is pretty. Cute. I was gonna say Teen Wolf is like our. I mean, I have to admit, like going into this movie, I was like, oh, this has to be at least somewhat campy because you can't make a werewolf that's like actually. But it's like really not. not. I mean, I mean, but you're it's... talking about how it sort of is in some ways, well, like when you yeah. see the full costume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from yes, but the costume. The co- I mean, nothing is played for laughs. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty very. It's very movie. serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's next to no humor. I know. This, I was like waiting movie. for something I could put at the end of the yeah. episode because it's Oof. very. It's so I yeah. So serious. I guess what I what I was laughing at was the wolf's costumes because I'm like I have to find something to laugh at and I just right. seeing them seeing the full thing I'm just like it's a dude in a suit which I know that's what it is that's what it has to be right and and if it were you know if it were CGI it would look weird weird yeah because the, the cool thing about most of every, pretty much everything I think in this is all practical effects I don't think there was much CGI yeah if it's, anything it's used pretty practical yeah yeah which is really cool I don't know the I just didn't like the bulky fursuits. That's all. I just I, no. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I wanted something a little more, a little more less human, but it's hard. Well, because yeah. they also look like just big dogs. They do look like big dogs. Yes, absolutely. But they're like sometimes they stand up. It is. I mean, I think just I don't know. I think maybe it is something with my eyes, but I never really got a good look at them. Mm-hmm. It's also like it's at night because it's the full moon. Right. Even though it's the yeah. full moon, theoretically, it's still all the scenes are way too dark. I could not yeah. really make out a lot of detail. Well, and that's kind of what saves you as a director. I mean, you, if you yeah. don't have a budget, you shoot it in the dark. Right. It is really true. I thought about that, and I mean, like you can definitely justify it in a werewolf, like if any movie, if anything, you have mm-hmm. to like make the night look. Um, a lot brighter if you want right, to actually right. see what's going on but yeah um yeah it is but in i mean in, in general uh i actually even though he was a cantankerous old person uh i actually really enjoyed ambrose as a character yeah it's interesting <laughs> he like yeah he's very um like uh he's like a lone wolf you know yeah one of the titles yes i mean he's he's also he's also very set in his ways you know he's makes a couple of comments that i i didn't didn't really like um Um, which ones well the the derogatory slur about asian folks like that's not i don't i don't ever like hearing that but yeah yeah i mean he's 2014 yeah 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 really but he's very much you know self-sufficient go-getter i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and if i want if you want this done right i guess i guess i have to do it myself yeah which i mean okay so we have like all these 
movies, horror movies, for some fucking reason, I always have blind women. And then all the other movies seem to have blind men. This is obviously not always true. This movie, case in point. Um, but, like, I, it seems to be, like, to me, kind of a annoying trend in that there are, it's so much easier. It's so easy to find when I'm looking at blind movies. So many of them have male blind the character the blind characters are male and then when i'm like i want i just want one with a woman they're all horror movies and it's really frustrating to me but I mean, this one is not doesn't have a woman but he is mm. way more capable capable he's way more like on his own and able to do stuff and even though like we can read some of the stuff that he experiences as like blind ableism it's very different than like blank or something where like he's not he's not getting gaslit because he's blind no one's patronizing him like he's seen as a threat so i mean that could be like a separate issue of like a disabled person well and nobody is a threat and nobody believes him at first you know his son his son doesn't his his son's wife doesn't i mean the, Though the, he also seems so unfazed by that. Oh, I know, I know. I'm like, okay, but but he, it, we know he's unfazed because he was attacked. He was attacked, and his dog was killed, which yeah, which happened oh at the 18 minute mark. His dog's name is Shadow. I swear to God, I almost shut it off right there. I was just gonna come in here and be like, well, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I have to admit, I was like, oh, thank God this happened now and not in the, the actual climax. Again, I just, I'm like, because I don't want to, like, really fall in love with this dog and then have it and have the poor, poor dog die. I mean, the dog dies, Shadow dies in, in heroically defending Ambrose from the wolf, yeah. but I'm just, oh my God. Also, is a guide dog, but, like, is Shadow a guide dog? Like, Shadow does not have the right the harness that a guide dog has it's like no it's like a leash yeah what so this is how i made this make sense in my head because i'm like wow (laughs) everything about this situation is wrong right um i pretended that shadow was his combat dog or whatever (laughs) even though he's like way too old to have a dog that has survived that long because he's fought in the vietnam war (laughs) but that's just how that's how i made it work in my head or maybe shadow is his uh emotional support animal but he's not because because he says it's his his guide dog yeah and his son says after shadow's death do you want a new guide dog right right so so it's it does it it's all sorts of weird yeah 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 it's not definitely not what a guide dog would yeah and i i wish i wish i could compliment him on his cane technique but he uses a fucking shovel for the entire movie so okay yeah it's definitely one of those like i'm not really blind kind of characters but maybe i was trying to think figure out like what the shovel means maybe it means something and i guess it means he's digging for more information oh oh i was just thinking like he's ready to die that's also good because a lot of it is him like uh building a grave for shadow Mm mm-hmm the Which, whole movie yeah well and and um it this didn't hit me until the end until the credits were rolling but think about the title late phases the tale of the lone wolf aka night of the lone sorry wolf. night of the lone wolf <laughs> aka night of the lone wolf AKA i can't do it night right of the wolf so think think about it though it's late phases aka the night of the lone wolf it's about this gentleman and these people who all in who are all in their late phases and the lone wolf is not the werewolf it's it's ambrose Right. Well, and but the wolf, Night of the Wolf, is referring to the actual wolves. And well, Night yeah, of the sure. Lone Wolf yeah. is Ambrose, and then, <laughs> and then Late Faces is, is both is kind of a combination of 
like, uh, you know, yeah, old age or like, because I, I was like thinking like late stage of different diseases, yeah. but I'm like, no, yeah. it's a different term. It's late stage, not late phases, but it's like the late later phase of life as well right. as the later phase of the right. lunar cycle. Well, and it was it was really cool to see see this movie and see that you know the, the youngest character is Will's wife. You know, this isn't a bunch of blood soaked twenty something scream it's queens. It's not Teen Wolf. It, yeah, it's it's not it's not Teen Wolf. It's a bunch. It, you know, it's it's a community of old people this these are like like you were saying in the beginning these are this is a story about a community of people who is has been forgotten yeah and who and it's not really worth like protecting right exactly. because you do have the police officers and there's a sense of like they're the, like the you know it's kind of like the incompetence of the police are like you know d- older people are just defenseless against these you mm-hmm. know animals and there's nothing you can really do and they like tell him to like stay in his house or whatever and you know but it's like right. basically just like we're not going to actually do the work of trying to protect this place at all because it's not the people that as a society we've deemed important um which, yeah, it is just, like, it was very hard to watch this and think about. I mean, I even struggled to think about blindness stuff because it was just so much, like, because the, the theme of the movie is basically, like, you know, is that that we forget old people and that we also, like, don't value their lives as much. And it's just, like, very hard not to, like, think about that. Yeah, right Right, now. and I kept, I kept asking myself, like, okay, why is Ambrose blind? what yeah it's true why is he blind what does what does that bring what you know what does that bring to his character i mean i guess it's it's a can-do spirit i mean i don't know because but he he does it he's very cantankerous i don't know if it's can do as much as i can do it myself (laughs) right right i mean it, it is really cool you know during the climax he's got his sniper rifle and his, or his shotgun and he's sitting like out his window yeah he's got a hearing aid on so he can hear because he sets a trap for the wolves so he can hear the wolves and then blast them yeah i mean stuff like that is cool yeah i mean it's definitely that is it's fun to watch that anytime we have a climax or people are using extrasensory things in a really specific way i mean but yeah i mean it's just like it does feel like a lot of these movies where the blindness is just to make him more vulnerable and that there's not it doesn't feel like much more than that like it's i'm not really Mm -hmm. sure if there's that much of another layer to like you know making him a blind character and i mean i never saw him even when he's moving in i never saw him as vulnerable you know he's a tough old bird well, that's the thing that but, kind of muddles it yeah is he seems like extremely like self-sufficient he can do and, this like, yeah. yeah and then you have something crazy and supernatural that anyone in their right mind would freak out about you know and and couldn't and couldn't face on their own but yeah. not you know but not ambrose right he's he's, he's seen some shit he's gonna deal well, yeah, with this problem it's fun vietnam yeah i mean in, he, he puts on his friggin' uniform he he goes to oh, yeah, war against the that, yeah, yeah. In the in the climax he goes to war against these creatures because he's he's a soldier and he's fighting a war he also knows that he's gonna die he knows right. that he's not coming back from this yeah which and like there's a few things where he like kind of hints at being suicidal in a way which i guess he like sort of is because he does kill himself he does take a lot of pills before he starts fighting see okay i was curious because i i and they were that was his medication but i couldn't tell how many he took 
Yeah, he he overdosed on them, which I kind of didn't catch, and then I just read a synopsis. But it was because it's visual. The whole climax is so visual, so it was actually very, very much, hard yeah. for me to keep up with with what was going on. But I know that he, it was like he had obviously done something to kill himself because I was just like it couldn't be that he just assumed he would because he gets really beat up fighting the werewolves and I'm Extremely. like it's not like he could necessarily in like beforehand expect right. that because what happens is there's no really way for him to do this and not become a werewolf so he's just like I'm gonna make sure I die so that I won't be continue it and then it ends here it's he you know kind of like I want to be the last person who has this. that that makes a lot of sense thank you yeah because I I was a little um foggy on that on that particular plot point because i i was just so worried that he was going to get bit and then he was going to turn and then this whole thing starts over again right <laughs> well and i think that and that's what happened that's why it is the way it is mm-hmm. because the person the like head wolf in the town w- did the same thing he did but got like by trying to kill the werewolf but got bit and then became right. the werewolf right so. so it's this whole cycle of just it's kind of like a contagious disease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so did you guess the werewolf? Because at first I did exactly what the movie wanted me to do and I thought it was the priest. Right, because they set up that the priest is a smoker. Because there's, I mean, the priest is a smoker, but like the right. werewolf is like breathing in a way. So has, like that's why. He has a very distinct cough. And why so, so does the priest. I just realized that's another parallel to coronavirus. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> didn't occur to me just now. Um, but yeah, so that's which, and this is incidental because it's just the fact that it must be a smoker. So yeah, the priest is smoking. I the priest seemed like too chill to be. I was like, I don't. He was a cool priest. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't. He didn't he, strike me as the type. He's the kind of priest I would want to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He seemed like he was good at like seeing past things, and I mean, you know, not not being overly judgmental because we right. have like these characters that, as we were talking about before, who are like excessively. Uh, judgmental and fear Andros that's the name right Ambrose yeah Ambrose yeah. thank See, you I was super worried that I was going to sit here and say Alphonse this whole time <laughs> like Alphonse Elric and I'm like no his name is Ambrose 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 Ambrose, Ambrose. yeah it's like Ambrosia exactly that's okay. that's how I'm keeping that's how I'm remembering it Ambrose got it <laughs> Ambrose. okay yeah um right the priest is not He's He's past, like, the bullshit that other people are... He's not threatened by him. Right, right. And he's also not going to take any of his shit, either. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's pretty chill. He should have asked him about suicide. This was, this was very hard for me to turn off again. It's happened to me a few times with these movies. But this one, I mean, I did answer Veterans Crisis Line, like, Veterans Suicide Hotline for a while. So that definitely, I was like, oh, this is, like, literally conversations I've had with people. It's very weird. Um, But, like... Yeah, so I think that was also something I had trouble turning off. But he was, like, good at talking with him, though I did wish he asked about suicide because you should always ask about suicide. Um, Because Ambrose does say things that are very, like, specifically, um, like, suicidal invitations to ask, like, things Mm -hmm. where he says, talks about, remember the exact wordings of them, but stuff about, like, you know... Gosh, actually, I think it, there is one in the clip that I have. Um, oh, hey, yeah. Let's play that play clip. That. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is the conversation between the priest and the first real conversation they have one-on-one between Ambrose and the priest. Um, and the priest has just 
um, was just talking about his brother who also fought in the Vietnam War and how um, when he came back, uh, he was very angry. The, right. And, and our our whoops, our father also, we should probably mention, our father is played by Tom Newman and uh, Ambrose is played by Nick DeMisi. Okay. This is fear. No. He's angry. Yeah. Me? I come back with eye trauma. Kept getting worse, but I was too stubborn to ask for help. By the time I went blind, I couldn't stand to look at the world anyway. You mean you think you deserved it because you didn't ask for more help? Maybe. Only because you said that you didn't think it was worth you getting a cane. Canes are for cripples. Besides, I don't plan on being around much longer anyway. I hope you're not talking about it. I think you're talking about it. Because that's not an option. I will not participate in that sort of giving in. Everybody dies, Father. Besides, Things were okay to put. Yep. Should have asked about suicide. I mean, he doesn't... <laughs> yeah, he doesn't address it directly. He doesn't you say the words, but... You have to address it directly. That mm. is a PSA. Like, you do want to actually ask, like, this part of suicide intervention training is you always want to ask. If someone is inviting you to ask, you want to talk about it, frankly, because people are just waiting to talk about it, frankly, for the most part. Um, but, like, it is... You can't... Because you can't really safety plan with someone if you're not truly talking about what they're talking about. And it can feel like they're, you know, like the way he dealt with it in that moment is in some ways is just saying like, this is, I don't approve of this as opposed to like trying to work with him to figure out what was going on. And like, you know, it's kind of like shutting down the conversation instead of starting the conversation. Um, so that's my little critique of how to do suicide. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, movies are, I mean, movies probably should model this stuff better. Cause you know, that has a big effect on the way people see it, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's a thing too think about if you ever have someone who says things that sound suicidal but don't say it directly that it doesn't put an idea in their head to ask about it and you should always do that because that is very helpful in allowing them to actually talk about it and to well it's it sounds like ambrose has given up i mean he's you know i i went blind and i didn't ask for help so the doctors couldn't save my eyes i won't use a cane because i'm not a cripple right it's kind of yeah, it's it's hard because I'm like, I don't I think that that's not too off base from I think there are real people that are modeled that are like this character. So I don't want to say that it doesn't happen at all, you know, and we're both like people who have just such extremely different life circumstances when it comes to blindness, you know, from in this podcast, like, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I can't say that because I find it very unrelatable it's not real if that makes sense because I think I, this mm-hmm. is a very real thing that the way he talks really did seem genuine to me of like talking to from talking to people in similar situations to what he is in um it didn't feel wrong but it's also like from our experiences of blindness are just so different and like I feel like both of us 
I would imagine have very different feelings about it from maybe from doing this well, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, do. I, yeah, I, I understand his stubbornness, you know, to want to be like everybody, just like he was, like everybody else, so that people will leave him alone and think that he is capable and not, you know, dote and molly coddle him all the time never heard molly coddle I've just molly thought. coddle yeah <laughs> but um yeah yeah i mean he's definitely very kind of um yeah like a loner i don't know there's a million ways of saying the same idea but like he doesn't want other people to help him which i don't know i guess that is part of like disability in general at least in american culture like you're not supposed to need help and no yeah you're you're just supposed to overcome your disability with a smile on your face right actually i i just watched a really awesome youtube video about that very subject this morning oh Mm -hmm. um inspiration porn right yeah inspiration porn is Mm -hmm. definitely a real thing Yeah. yeah but it is like yeah he so he went blind after fighting mm-hmm. in the war so he's like yeah kind of an adult going blind yeah well and if you think about the vietnam war in general i mean it just was well, obviously it was a horrible thing but it was just a, a, a horrible time for disillusionment you know yeah. all these men who went off to war you know rah, rah, and then it just blew up in everybody's right, faces right, exactly yeah and then you come home and you and you don't come home you. right you don't come home as a celebrated vet you know you're right. oh you're in nam oh my god yeah so which so is why his story is like i'm like yeah this is like very realistic like yeah, I, that, that could this is how break a lot a of people from that era feel now especially like yeah as they get older and like mm-hmm. and are you know more physically and like have more physical disabilities some from old age some from fighting like you know that that there is a real disillusionment and it it you know, I think it it has, I mean, I don't know, it would be interesting to know if the Vietnam War led to more suicide. I wouldn't be surprised that, I mean, because a lot of veterans kill themselves. It's it's a really big problem, um, but which, you know, there's a lot of systemic things that we should talk about about that. But like, well, I mean, if- I think the Vietnam War probably... I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but it yeah. seems like it might have even had more people because it's just the the amount of horror that I think people from that war like experienced is just it is kind of even to other veterans. It's mm-hmm. kind of unparalleled. But yeah, I mean, and so so I have a lot of empathy for his kind of like if he was. I think if it was just like, you know, kind of a random white dude that was able who was just like, fuck the world, man, you know, then it's like obnoxious. But like, I think, you know, it's kind of just like you you understand why he has these problematic, you know, things that I totally would disagree with is how I, I view well, disability. He, yeah. And he cares enough to save this community to right this wrong i mean he could have just called up his son and been like nope i'm moving out yeah, i can't stay here he's kind of like the doctors who mm-hmm. you know fight coronavirus yeah <laughs> and then die oh, um, gosh yeah yeah i mean he knows he knows he's going to die and he 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 wants to go out on his own terms right and those, and those terms are saving the community and getting rid of the werewolves which i guess the question also is like it could be that he isn't suicidal, but he realizes that he has a suicide mission. And I, that there's, because there isn't yeah. a good way to do it without, like, because, again, like, killing yourself is never really the answer. But in this situation, technically, it actually does make logical sense in a way that probably wouldn't even exist in real the real world, you know, because it is like, there. it's because of the supernatural aspects of it. Like, I mean, 
but it is kind of just i mean it's also kind of like um uh well it's it's a medically assisted suicide i mean it's it's more analogous to that really which i guess you can like definitely that's already something that we you know people talk about (laughs) all the time as an argument of what instead of drinking a concoction of drugs he fights werewolves well no he does both (laughs) oh you're right because he takes yeah yeah so yeah yeah (laughs) right right which is like i mean you know i mean it's it isn't that is something that we can argue and i think even within suicide intervention circles that's not something that everyone agrees on either so i do think that that like you know it kind of makes it almost aside from other types of suicide because it's a much more complicated issue i personally i struggle with that one a lot i don't I don't love the idea, but I also like personally, like I'm, I, I feel more okay with hospice care, I think in a way that I do with, um, with medically assisted suicide, but I don't know. It'd be like, it's a really difficult issue. It's super difficult. I'm actually, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually for medically assisted suicide. It's a very common thing in Oregon because it's one of the few states where there are like mm-hmm. laws where you can have it but they're I'm not surprised I mean but I'm this is someone you know coming from Alaska who was still in favor of medically supported suicide I mean uh, obviously it has to be of that person's volition oh you absolutely know? and I and so it's I, murder if they're right. not choosing it <laughs> <laughs> right uh, yeah and and it it would make me sad to find out about, you know, truckloads of disabled people that are going over to Switzerland to die. I know. That's why that's the problem is yeah. like that's every time I think of medically assisted suicide, I just think of the trucks of disabled people going to Switzerland going to, yeah, and I cannot yeah. think of anything else. And that is just I truly like just saying the word I am picturing a young disabled person in Switzerland and it's just like can't do it. And I mean, like that association is um yeah yeah it's there's hard. there's a fantastic documentary on pbs about medically assisted suicide i think it's it's frontline or nova one of them but there's a great documentary about it uh and they talk to a lot of people on different sides of the issue but the person in the documentary who had it done had als and they're basically mm. their body was just going to it had already started but in a year their body was just going to shut down and they just decided uh i don't a, I don't want to live like that. I personally don't want to go through with that. And I don't want to feel what that's like. And B, I don't want to be doing this to my family and my loved ones. So they opted for yeah medically assisted suicide. It's really hard because I think like as, you know, being someone who's had to adapt to disability, there's a lot of these I'm sometimes like, you know, because there is like at a certain point you have to draw a line of like when it becomes a terminal illness. I mean, technically, I mean, not to be like super emo, but like living is a terminal illness. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, I mean, aging, know. aging is just dying very slowly. Right. Like, I think that it's, yeah, it creates a hard thing of like, when, where you draw, it's kind of, I mean, I think it's similar to like abortion topics where it's like, it's not just, are you in favor or you don't like medically assisted suicide it's like where are you drawing that line because they're depending on who you ask the line is even people who do think it's appropriate sometimes and not other times or there's still a lot of different ways you can draw that line and i think for me it's definitely like very if you have a very short period of time to live then i'm like that's when i'm starting to get more okay with it but then at the same time i'm like then that's that that also I'm like something like hospice care or something feels like to me just overall a better option but I don't 
But it is something that it's one of those things that's really challenging. And I don't think the way I feel about it now is necessarily going to be the way I feel about it my whole life. You know, like I'm open to evolving on this, but I, it is something I struggle with a lot. And I do know that there are really like eugenics-y stuff on the extremer ends of like, you know, making it so that there are, you know, like in Switzerland where you just go to basically if you're disabled, you go there because you want to die. And I think that that's like, you know, from a disabled suicide interventionist perspective, the most horrible thing you could possibly imagine, you know, like it is. Just, I would, I would yeah. assume that they that you have to go through, you know, a bunch of counselors. You can't just show up in Switzerland and go, OK, kill me. You know, I, well, I'm. Yeah, but there are stories of people who it really does not like it's it's just really distressing to me because it's just like if they if you're suicidal like there are ways of getting help and like there are a lot of people who've experienced suicidal thoughts at periods of their life and have like you know fully recovered and like don't have them anymore and that's a lot of people and we don't you know sometimes I don't think people are aware of just how many people that also is because sometimes you just don't know that people in your life like were suicidal at a certain point like because it is so taboo and so I think that like this idea that if someone is suicidal at one point that they're doomed to like die that way is you know completely false and very dangerous idea but like on top of that that like just someone who's suicidal because of ableism the idea that that would that you would then be like oh medically assisted suicide it's like it just seems it's just it's just like that is a nazi doing that that's like a nazi is the one doing that it's just i can't not think you know it's just it's really hard yeah well and there therein lies the debate in in this country as well it's it's the whole you know death death with dignity yeah do these people have a right to uh, to request their own demise yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I do, I think maybe I'm on an extreme, I mean, especially at Oregon where I'm like, you know, no one chooses death. Like, even if you're suicidal, you're not, it's not really choosing death. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, maybe that's wrong. But I just, because I think that there's like this idea, I mean, I'm also kind of anti-choice, not with abortions, but just I think that we in America are way too excited about having choices for things and I don't always think that that really matters that much it's kind of value neutral depends on the situation but but I think sometimes we're like it should be someone's choice to do this and it's like I don't I don't know if we need to like have everything be our choice there's some things that it's like it seems more mentally healthy to just like you know let the just you know outsource it to the spirits of the universe like you know there's a lot of things very little we can control and so it just to me the idea of like trying to control the things that seem like really like why do we want to control this like it's it's such it's the definition of like out of our control is death like you know and so the idea of like it being virtuous to control it just seems really wrong to me like it you know but I mean I am truly biased in like a lot of ways but with that but like I don't know so were you were you pissed off at Ambrose because he basically oh well I mean not basically he overdosed and killed himself right I I think you know I mean I guess what I saw is like kind of something where you know like you have a bomb like that is permanently attached to you and you're going you know out to the middle of nowhere because it's going to detonate no matter what you do you don't have an option to take it off like you know so that's what you have and if you you know 
if you just try to live, all you're doing is potentially putting yourself in a situation where more people die. You know, like, it's kind of like when it, that's, which, you know, there are occasionally, <laughs> occasionally there'll be scenarios like that. I mean, that's obviously not really a thing that happens in real life all that much. But it, it seemed more like a suicide mission to me than it was or a or a heroic sacrifice yeah I guess he that's did it true, yes. he did it he did it for the greater good right right it wasn't and i think that that's like i do think that is almost of a different thing i think it's you know it's also like on 9-11 there was like certain planes that didn't hit the buildings because people this happened right yeah. Oh, you're you're not wrong. Of flight yeah. of flight ninety three, they sure. they yeah. were originally supposed to hit. I can't remember if it was the White House or the Pentagon, but something very important, and the passengers rose up and took the plane back. Right. Only, and that's you know, kind of yeah. how I envisioned what he did. Was there's yeah. a sense of like, there people just need to die in this. Not they need to. That's not the right way of phrasing that. But, like, there are, in this situation, people will die no matter what is done. And, like, you are you have these two terrible options. But, you know, it's like the trolley problem or whatever. Like, it's oh, just, right. like, you're kind of, it. it's just a numbers game. And, like, either way, you're going to die. So, the you do the heroic thing. And I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of how I read him more than necessarily, like, true suicidal ideation. Because it felt like... If he wasn't in that scenario, we don't really get a sense of if he would have been suicidal. Because he, from the very beginning, on the first, like, when on the first attack, is like, oh, so it happens every month? And he's like, so I got a month. And, like, right. he's very you, determined. Yeah, and that's all spend, he thinks about. You spend the entire movie preparing. Because it's basically, the yeah, the climax only takes up the last... 10 minutes of the movie right. so it's yeah you spend the entire month with him right and he's getting, like the whole time ready. really preparing and i think we get a little bit of like him before it happened before he's like set out on this mission but i think a lot of like the more suicidal ideation stuff like sounding like that stuff comes during that month and so it's pro- you know he at that point we have to assume by the end of the movie has already like from the beginning knew what he had to do and had figured out what he had to do. And so that the ways that he is coming to terms with his own death is not from like a point of being suicidal, but more from a point of like knowing that he has to do something that is going to kill him. Well, and then Will, his son, decides to sever their relationship. Right. So that's that can't be good. Uh, Well, because basically his wife is having a baby and they're moving back to be with her family. Right. Which, so they were just was he to... severing the relationship or just needed well, to move? It, it started off as he needed to move and then he finds the wedding ring. I'm assuming it's a wedding ring because I couldn't tell what it was, but it was a circ- it was a circular object. Yes, a wedding ring. Okay. That was supposed to go in uh, Ambrose's casket. wife's casket. Yeah, his mother's casket. And he didn't do it. And he lied and said he kept the ring. I don't know why this is such a big deal. It's never elaborated on, but... Yeah, it seems like it's so important later on. I didn't really right. catch why. Well, because he's wearing it on his. When, no, no, it's when important what him. he does in the climax. Oh. but I don't, I don't, didn't figure out yeah, why. Yeah, I, I, except for the fact that Will was angry because because Ambrose lied to him. I couldn't really figure. I think what. Just that he want he was married with it. I have no idea. It doesn't really make sense to me. No, but but this is a thing that so that severs their relationship. So Will basically says, "Fine, I'm just going to leave you here. Bye." And leaves, and then before Ambrose uh, does his mission, he calls Will and leaves him this moving phone message, which we hear in voiceover at right. the end of the film. Right. Um, and that's, like, 
kind of his last um last it's, gasp because it's a, or, a message so it's kind of like a, i guess like a coda kind of yeah or well the the message is like a suicide no kind of oh thing. yes yes but, that's exactly what it is yeah um but it is like i did think about like i guess he must have had to time it really specifically because i don't think he wanted will to show up when the when they were no, still there no, because that would put him in danger right will would have tried to help and probably would have been bitten and then um ambrose well, would have had to put him down just like shadow and will also has to like um drive through the gate because the guy is gone Right. He runs away. Right. He sees the werewolves on the camera and is like, nope, bye. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck Which, that. I'm leaving. Valid. <laughs> totally, um, totally valid. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, and as far as horror movies go, this, uh, I, one thing I did admire is uh, the, the, they're very restrained uh, with, with the gore. Yeah. It was not super gory. No, it happened when it needed to happen and it was where it needed to be, but it wasn't gratuitous super gratuitous i mean yeah it's super gross and shocking when um griffin is going around the neighborhood and trying to turn all of these people into werewolves right because he's like biting their yeah arms. he's biting them but um, taking big chunks of flesh off of Which, their like, arms why did he do that that's so that's how you turn someone well no i i know that's why did he <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> no, okay um, but like why why now turn everyone is it just so that like he had a pack to like yeah i think that was when so so it's the priest is not the werewolf father is not the werewolf it's griffin uh, right who is the kind of good good friends with the priests kind of yeah he's like i don't know the religion stuff he lives he he lives in the neighborhood so i think that's when the the werewolf instinct started to kick in and he didn't want to die because it is the day of the full moon so he's already maybe starting to get the werewolf morality yeah (laughs) yeah so and he knows ambrose is like his human brain knows ambrose is after him and knows that ambrose knows it's him and he doesn't want to die so he is going to create a pack so that he can make more werewolves and he maybe decoys also yeah decoys and he has less risk of dying right which like i mean what would happen if literally everyone was a werewolf in that community they would break out of the community or break or run into the woods and and then it would be everyone's bite people yeah and make more (laughs) werewolves (laughs) like a virus yeah yeah i mean right before griffin kills father he says you know it's i'm doing this out of love i'm doing this because i love you right yeah i mean it is kind of like it is sad that like in the end just like kind of everyone dies so there's Mm -hmm. also a sense of like i don't know like was it, it makes it it's difficult because it's like it, it is heroic at the same time you're like but then everyone just died you know like it just feels like there's just like so many people just had to die and you know for no in a kind of senseless way and even if one of them died in a more you know heroic in that it's stopping the senselessness it still was a lot of senseless death before it all stopped um yeah, but I mean, hopefully they like would have eradicated the werewolf. There is always that like fear that there's someone in a neighboring town. Nearby. Oh God, no! I was terrified that when Will comes in to, and sees his father's body, that his father's body was like a jump out and try and bite him or whatever. Like I'm 
trying to watch the screen through my non-existent peripheral vision because I'm like, I can't, I don't, scary. It's going to be scary. That that doesn't happen. I felt like there was a pretty a pretty solid finality. He got them all. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I yeah, it didn't seem like there would be other ones. I mean, it, and now it'd be just now I'm like, it could go, it could have gone global. You don't even know. <laughs> but I <laughs> yeah. mean, but werewolves, I mean, werewolves are basically like rabies. Like that's the, sure. the yeah. main, like the most analogous thing. And they are like rabies. You do have to like have some sort of like you know bite or something like it actually has to be a lot more than just like breathing the same air like so they're not as contagious it's harder for them to like do something like have a global pandemic like coronavirus would have to be it has to be to some extent really easily contractable with yeah it couldn't it probably didn't go that far so (laughs) i think you could kind of contain it within that community so that was good but it did seem like almost everyone in the community was dead now well, almost everyone that we see. I mean, the, the, this movie has a, an incredibly small cast. Yeah, we there's never, not a lot of characters. No, we never see the whole community. We just see a few people who live in the community. Yeah, it so, does seem big enough that there should be more people. Yeah, there. I, I don't think I don't think he turned or killed everyone. But it just was kind of funny to me. Funny, strange, not funny, haha. But kind of funny to me, like. You know, they're they're telling the welcoming committee is telling Ambrose about about this place and everything. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, and p- people get killed on the night of the full moon every month. It just happens. Right. It's I'm just like, like what are you, you guys are OK with this? OK, great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that almost is kind of like a retirement home. I think there's just like a normalizing of it. It's like where you go to die, you know, like it's just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that the people. You know, a lot of people in that system just kind of think take for granted. But like at the same time, I also think that there's a lot of people who are questioning that entire system and how, (laughs) you know, if that is really a humane thing, because people, you know, the same people can live for a lot longer outside of retirement community. You know, like there is a sense of like this is, um, you know do actually like because we just don't value older people's lives as much and if people die you know younger than they would have outside of that home like but you don't know because they're still old enough that we've deemed it's appropriate to die at that age you know like that that's still a full life then it's like no one really cares to extend you know to want to extend their life but it's also like you don't want to extend people's quality of living i think a lot of them are just very kind of you know, they are serious, like this movie, it's not, there isn't as much joy, it is a little bit more like surviving and, or not surviving, and I think that that's also why people sometimes, you know, they just feel kind of forgotten about, and, and not like they're, you know, part of their community or being mm-hmm. simulated in any way, and, and yeah, and that's really, it's, it's a problem. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, all in all, uh, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised i i thought this was a a a pretty good little horror movie honestly like for you know one of those you just you know pop on saturday night you've got a group of friends over you want to watch you know you want to watch a scary movie or or something something for you know if if you've never watched horror before or any horror movie and you're trying to get into it or you're looking for something to watch honestly this is a really great starting point i think because it's not it really isn't too scary Yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah, we have to get scarier movies um, <laughs> for this series. Um, but yeah, do you want to 
Do you want to like uh, go into our ratings? Then? Sure. I feel like we're yeah. kind of coming up on that. Yeah. Um. Uh, I can go first. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna give this a twenty fifty. That's what I'm feeling. Um, I, I mean, you have a blind character that doesn't feel, even though I didn't see myself in him really, in in. <laughs> kind of in any way like I felt like I was just a very different person from him in almost every way I still definitely saw a real person in him and I think that like you know even if it's not our experiences that doesn't mean that portraying a real you know person who is blind like even if they're not us blind people I think that's still a good thing and I felt I bought him as a person. I thought that the movie was trying to interrogate ableism, like, and, or, you know, the, the kind of ageism wing of ableism and, like, the ways that we um, view older people and was not coming from a perspective of, like, just, you know, kind of just, you know, not questioning it. Like, it, it's very much about questioning those that um, questioning age, ageism and, and, um, trying to comment on it um so so I feel like it did a lot of that really well I think that it's it has a blind character I feel like we there's not and there's not a lot of like specifics as we were saying before like he doesn't necessarily need to like there's not like have a good reason for him being blind you know he shoots a gun a lot which I mean I'm sure some blind people can do that but it's also like a pretty unrelatable thing to the majority of blind people um that it's not you know it's not what we really associate with blindness in any way uh, but but yeah I mean it, it it it's hard to like really kind of interrogate his how his blindness is really affecting his life because he also has kind of given up in a lot of ways and so um we don't really get to see his adaptations to the world we just kind of get to see him kind of he as a character views blindness as kind of kind of an end and there's not you know even though he's not needing to be cited or like you know wanting to be cited or anything like that he also I think he kind of sees a loss of sight as just like a loss without any sort of gains made like it doesn't seem like he really feels like he's transformed it it feels like just like you know one thing turning off before other things turn off which is I think a more common way that people who at an older age who lose their sight are more likely to view it than someone like me who was born with low vision but um but yeah so kind of a mixed bag but I think overall it did it a decent job of like trying to think about ableism and stuff and I yeah I wish that some of the blind stuff was a little more overt or you know kind of we felt more him as a blind character it's I feel like it's if I had seen this movie years ago I might forget that he was blind like it just it wasn't very salient part of the movie so I can't give it a higher rating because of that but but um yeah so that's kind of where I'm at what what do you think I I think I'm right there with you, honestly. Uh, at a at a twenty fifty, I think that sounds uh, fair for this. I I liked that it, that the film touched on ageism. I think that started a, that gave us a really interesting conversation to have. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed that this was 
uh, a film about a about a blind guy who got to be a badass, you know, who got to you know who saw a problem, found a solution. Oh, he didn't see it. Well, oh my god, you're right. Oh my god, that's <laughs> no, funny. No, no anyway, no. it's an expression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He found he found that there was a problem. He found a need to fix it, and then he fixed it. Yeah, and uh, I yeah I I think that's a really admirable thing to do and i i enjoyed uh i i enjoyed the performance a lot yeah, actually a good i it really is it really is a good performance he's he he and and father uh are the best actors in the in the movie yeah. honestly because they just seem very natural and there are de- there were definitely times especially with griffin and and will and a couple of the other characters where i kind of took step back a couple little bit because it's like oh it was that the best take yeah for that line that you okay sure yeah. all right okay fine whatever <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's not necessarily who the story is about. It's about it's about Ambrose, and it's not necessarily about father, but he he plays a, a very important role uh, in Ambrose's story. So, yeah, I uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. I I really did. Uh, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna go singing be singing its praises Best off movie of, in the entire world yeah ever. off of rooftops or anything but you know what for what it is it is it's a tight little horror movie yeah. it does exactly what it sets out to do which yeah. i think is, is a good mark of a, uh, is a good mark of a horror movie you you get in you get out you have your scare and then and that's it and yeah. you, you don't it doesn't stick around for any longer than it needs to it's kind of it's very appropriate for the movie, I feel like, because it is about someone who has decided they're going to do their thing, do a mission, do it in a month, and then they're going to die. So it really, it, it's, it lives its its characters. It's like a it's like arc. a better it's like a better version of Gran Torino. Oh wow, I haven't seen it, but that's very funny. I I, I think this is um, I would pick this over Gran Torino. Good to be honest. Every movie we have and to say which we would pick over, over Gran Torino. Gran Torino. <laughs> is it is it better than Gran Torino? Beastly, yes, this Excellent. or Gran Torino. Oh, 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 oh. ooh, uh, this actually probably I would rather I would watch this again than Beastly or Gran Torino. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah it was and it's an hour and a half, so it's not too much of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty short. Awesome. Yeah, good good pick though. I'm I'm very I was very surprised. Uh, I had did not know what to expect walking into this. Me neither. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm glad it wasn't very like awful <laughs> in a way that was hard to talk about. It was, it was good. Um but yeah, so uh that's this week we we're finishing up um the late phases, Night of the Wolf, Night of the Long Wolf. Um <laughs> what is happening next week we are going to watch uh seminal horror movie freaks yes, yes. much easier to name <laughs> much easier to name yeah this is uh this is n- not and geeks though no no just freaks, just freaks. <laughs> the, this film chronicles uh the life and times of a group of sideshow circus performers in yeah. the 30s so we're gonna come back to the 30s and sideshows, mm-hmm. uh, like the man who laughs. It's yeah, good. I'm sensing. I'm sensing a theme. You can catch Freaks on uh, iTunes. You can rent it or buy it. Uh, you can stream it on an app called Classics with an X, which I have never used before. To be honest, uh, if it's not on YouTube, I'm probably going to just break down and rent it on iTunes. <laughs> There's ways to watch it. Yeah, Google it if you're 
if you need to find something. if you want to watch along with us yeah um and then we that just leaves our what we're blindsided by this week yes so before i tell you what i'm at what i was actually blindsided by uh this week i think uh, i think you can figure it out i'm gonna just play a clip <laughs> i have a clip there and fondant topping oh. won't have the vivid green appearance that monet loved Oh, okay, yeah, that's the weirdest thing I've ever done for a cake. That's a full sack. <laughs> Spinach-flavoured creme au Punch is saying that's not good. Oh, I hope this one works, because I definitely won't have a chance to do this one again. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is about as... Uh, that's 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 high tension in this show. That is that is the height that is the height of tension, and I'm so here for it right now. Uh, uh, so obviously, if you haven't heard, the the eighth collection of the Great British Baking Show dropped on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. That is actually not from the eighth collection. That is from the sixth collection because I made a stupid and just started watching and I I didn't realize that I wasn't actually watching the 8th season I was watching the 6th season which I hadn't seen. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. I'm just going to go through and watch the 6th season and then skip to the 8th season. It is fuck 7. Yeah, 7. <laughs> um it is absolute comfort food for me, honestly. I I've been watching this show when it was since it was on PBS with with my friend in Fairbanks and we would just watch and then bake and and have to oh my gosh it was it was so much fun but this show is so pleasant it is just (laughs) a bunch of really nice British people who get put in a tent and are asked to bake a bunch of stuff every episode and every episode has a theme obviously that was uh, cake week they were trying to make um, Monet's favorite dessert, which was this like spinach cream cake. Ooh, it sounds fancy. gross, but it looks really good. But uh, they have like bread week and pastry week and vegan week was the Ooh. one I just watched last night. Yeah, that was really cool. So it's everything is everything that needs to be said about the show has <laughs> been said. It's amazing. It's comfort food. It will make you feel so good. It's just so pleasant, and it's absolutely what I need right now. So that's uh, that's what I've been blindsided by, but not really. The Great British Baking Show, and that's streaming nice. on Netflix. Yeah, you can always hear The Great British Baking Show coming because it makes a big noise in our cultural consciousness. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, no, that's awesome, though. That's I Mine is um, comfort food, I guess, to me, but it's kind of a very different very kind of um opposite vibe i guess um it's, i the thing that i'm bringing um is the cw show dynasty it is a um remake of a 1980s soap opera um and it is was brought back uh, it's the cw so you know it has to be not that long ago but it was brought back in 2017 so it's only on the third season actually the last few episodes of the third season were not aired because of coronavirus so it's very yeah that's about where it's at um but it is um yeah it is based off this soap opera from the 80s which was um a lot lot whiter and a lot like more homophobic than the the show um there they recast a lot of the characters from the 80s show with like like people of color and then they have like the gold digging wife that's one of the main characters is definitely is whose name was sammy joe is also named sammy joe but now he's he's like a very like um very sweet like um 
still uh what's fancy i guess um like some like a not a trophy has sort of a trophy husband to the one of the sons um but is um just very was my favorite character but um yeah so there's it's gayer it's more people of color it's about a family that uh is um oil tycoons um, yeah that's that's what the that's what uh now hang on hang on shows. wait a minute hang on are, are yeah. you sure are you sure you're, you're not talking about dallas no dynasty it is dynasty it's, okay Di- dynasty apparently was made because dallas was very <laughs> famous at the time okay that's why i get them mixed up <laughs> yes I'm yes i'm so yes. sorry i, no, will, I okay. will keep my mouth shut <laughs> no 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 worries um it makes sense they were on at the same time and they have very similar names i think I think the plot is very similar, though I actually don't know the plot of Dallas. Um, but I know it's a but, very famous soap opera. Oil Tycoons is okay. the plot of Dallas, basically. Yeah. Okay, so yes, it was, I think, just like a network being like, we're going to do the same show um, to Dallas. But it this is a very different show from the original Dynasty, um, but it is still just called Dynasty. It's a family of oil tycoons. It's kind of like Succession or one of those shows where it's like, who's going to be, you know, run the company, sort of, but it's a soap opera. So there's just a lot of people dying and like really <laughs> like preposterous things happening all the time. Um, so it's very twist and turns, which is helpful to me to like really make me focus on what's going on. Because, um, yeah, I need things to focus on in my life now. Um, but yeah, so that is um, Dynasty. All three seasons on Netflix and all audio descriptions, um, though the first two episodes of the third season, something seems to be wrong on Netflix. I hope that they fix it, but like the audio description track is silent for some reason. So you have to switch to the the non-audio description track for the first two episodes of season three. It's like a weird bug. I don't know why it happens. Yeah, that is um, super weird. Super wow. Weird. Um, but like, it's not even like the track without the audio descriptions. It's just literally no sound at all. Um, so that's a weird bug. But the rest of it does have audio descriptions. Um, so it's a great... Uh, blind person show and it's 22 episodes so gives you a lot of hours to watch <laughs> watch things happening um yeah so that's a dynasty uh on the cw and available to stream on netflix fantastic awesome that uh, brings us to another uh, to an end of another episode yes we did it we're Yay! we got this we have a couple more episodes in our our Spooktober, October, mm-hmm. Halloween, I love vampires. It. Spooktober, perfect. Words. <laughs> um, okay, so our theme song was is by Lucia Fasano. Um, our YouTube is Citizen White Came Podcast, and you can get um, there's transcriptions if you turn on the uh, closed captions. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Our Facebook and our Instagram are both Citizen White Cane, and our email is Citizen White Cane Pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voice message, um, are you a werewolf <laughs> are you uh oh sorry that really caught me off guard that's good that was really good uh do you do you live in a retirement community yeah and um what are your thoughts about aging and uh assisted suicide i mean you know that's a log i, I don't know if it cuts you off but it's a oh big, uh, conversation or just you know i don't know do you want to do you have like your favorite spooky movies what are they? that's better yeah 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 <laughs> what, are you, what are your favorite spooky movies do they involve werewolves if, yeah. if so why right yeah um you can there's a link in the show notes to leave that voice message um and come by come here next week we're gonna get freaky 
Yeah. <laughs> bye. Yeah, yeah. Bye. <laughs> I was very glad to see you came back in this week. And, you know, it looked to me like you were paying attention. When you're blind, it always looks like you're paying attention. 